Good to see all y'all out here, as usual. Excited to uh, talk about um, this hymn that's been selected for the hymn study tonight. That's number 405, Wonderful Words of Life. You'll be turning in your hymn books to that. We'll be looking at that in a minute. And you might be wondering, um, if you're a guest here, or if you're not familiar with what we do on uh, singing night, is in a, as opposed to normal preaching, what we'll do is we'll open up a hymn and we'll examine it and, and Understand that, that these things that are written within the hymn are based on scriptures and we'll try to analyze those and dissect them and obtain truth from those things and, and download those into our brain so we, we can apply those into our lives. Um, this, this hymn, uh, Wonderful Words of Life, was selected specifically because it relates very much to the VBS that's coming up. Just keep plugging it and keep plugging it, but but it's very important, and a lot of work has been done for this this vacation Bible school, and it's going to be it's going to be amazing, and, and I'm very excited to study with you all from the Word of God during that time. Um, this particular hymn study will frame up a lot of the ideas that'll help you along as we study the parables of Jesus starting tomorrow. Um, but with with all that said, let's just go ahead and jump right into the study. First and foremost, I'd like to talk with you guys about the the author of this hymn, and that, his name was. Philip Paul Bliss. He was born in July 9th on 1838. In 1838, he grew up and and everybody could tell he was really into music. He he liked playing different instruments, the piano, he liked to sing, and he liked to write music. And that was just something that he was into. Um, and so it was natural that that he would eventually decide to place his his career and 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 in music. And so that's what he did. And he kind of struggled through a lot of his musical career and. Uh, uh, I think I read about uh, age 25, he was making about $13 a month or something like that. And that's, you know, even back then it was still kind of kind of iffy. Um, but later by age 36, his success had boomed and he had written several successful hymns and that have, have, have made their way to us. One such example being the one that we're going to be looking at in just a moment. And so in preparing this hymn study, uh, Brother Josh sent me some, some good stuff, some bios about this guy to see if there was anything interesting there and and one thing just kind of popped out to me um from this bio um and it kind of it kind of read like this and this was discussing kind of toward the, the tail end of his life so remember he's born in 1838 so this is in 1876 after a grueling fall schedule mr and mrs bliss spent the christmas holiday with their family in rome philadelphia leaving the children with relatives in rome they left for chicago an engagement at moody's tabernacle on December 29th, while they were riding their Chicago-bound express through Ohio, the bridge over a ravine near Ashtabula gave way, and seven cars crashed through the trestle. They plunged into the icy riverbed below and burst into flame. Bliss, just 38 years old at the time, survived the fall, escaped through a window, and crawled from the wreckage. However, when he did not see his wife, he fought his way back through the fire into the burning mass in a vain effort to locate and rescue her. Both of them perished into the flames, along with a hundred other people. That's a bleak situation. That's a terrifying situation. You, you would imagine if, if maybe we were all, pretend we have a church bus. We don't. Probably won't. But imagine we do. And we're all loaded up on that thing. And we're headed on a bridge. And all of a sudden the thing collapses. And we just all just hit this icy wreckage and flames. And there's, there's water and fire and broken bits of machine and just smell of gasoline and hearing people screaming and terrified and and you've got to make your way out of this wreckage and you've got to figure out how to do it and you can hear the voice of someone off in the distance telling you where to go and everywhere that these people are going you can hear them screaming back it's okay follow this listen to the man listen to the man and you can hear people off in the distance in safety 
you would think if you could hear that, that that's the direction you'd be headed in. No question. You'd be listening. Where's that coming from? What's he saying? What's the exact instructions that he's given? And you know, that applies very much to our faith. Because while we might not be physically caught in a, in a wreckage and in flames and ruin, we are in a world that's full of sin and full of darkness. And that has fallen from, from the way that God had desired it to be originally. And as a result of that, we now have to find our way out of this maze of sin and of darkness. There's only one voice that we can heed to that's going to give us the instructions that we need. And so we must listen to it. Listen intently, literally, not as though our life depends on it, but because our life depends on it. John chapter 6 and verse 68, Peter said this, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So when we hear words from Jesus, we need to listen intently. We should listen as though it's life and death, because it is. And that is the way that Mr. Bliss, when he wrote this hymn, placed onto the words within the hymn. That they're wonderful and that they're the words of life. So in like manner that we would pay attention to the words of Jesus, let's pay attention to the words that Mr. Bliss wrote about many of the things that Jesus represented and then apply that to the scriptures and, and, and deepen our understanding and our appreciation for the things that Jesus said from the word of God. So first looking here in the first stanza of the hymn in uh, 405, Wonderful Words of Life. Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life. Let more of their beauty see. Wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty. Teach me faith and duty. The first thing that I wanted to look at here was that phrase over and over again. You know, especially for members of the church that have been here for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, however many plus years, you know your Bible back and forth. I mean, you could... You could talk about blindfold around you and tell me to quote, tell you to quote Ezekiel eighteen, fifteen, and you'd be like, oh yeah, 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 just rattle it off. You know, so most of most of y'all have heard the basic principles and the plan of salvation and know the New Testament back and forth, and because you've heard it over and over and over again. And my fear is that our attitude with those things are, is not like the hymn writer here, that you don't want to hear it over and over again, and that it's kind of just coming in and it's just going one ear and out the other. Yep, mm-hmm, I already know that. As soon as you start hearing the verse, you're like, oh yeah, Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized will be saved. Yep, mm, I already know it. As soon as he said Mark 16, I knew where he was going with it. But it's important that we tune our ears and have the mindset of a child when it comes to these things, that we are always eager to learn and always looking for more nuggets of truth from the Bible. And so as we continue here, I want to highlight this. Naturally, more of their beauty to see. We want to be looking for more from all the words that Jesus has to offer. Even the most simple things that he says. If it, you know, come unto me. We just sang uh, from the, the verse where he said, you who are weary and who are heavy laden. We know that. We understand that passage and we understand the things that Jesus said. That, he, you know, if, if you're feeling weak, you can come unto me. But it's the depth of that. And when we apply those things. That we get to understand more of their beauty. And as we keep going deeper and deeper, even the things that seem the simplest can apply to so many different facets of our life. And in those facets, I'm talking specifically about our spiritual life and the, the things that come through in our faith and in our duty. You know, James chapter 2 and verse 24, we, we know that faith without works is dead. And so that what we learn from the words of Jesus is that just that. Because all the things that Jesus said and everything that he was about was every single parable, every teaching wasn't just to just run his mouth or like put off hot air. It was to call people to action, 
And that was the purpose of everything that Jesus said. And so I, be, I believe this stands as basically just in summary saying, I want to keep learning more and more and keep hammering, even on the things that I think I know back and forth and applying them more and more and getting to know them more deeply because I want to deepen my faith and I want to be a better servant to Jesus. Before I go into the next stanza, what I've actually done is just a quick anecdote or a quick, uh, quick note is I've switched stanza three and stanza two for purposes in this study. So, so we're going to be looking at stanza three next. So the first bit of this, sweetly echo the gospel call. That is basically the charge that we have. We've heard the gospel many times. If we've obeyed the gospel, then we have it. But what are, we, what are we to do with that? Well, what we're to do is echo it and continue to repeat it and, and not be ashamed of it and to reflect the love that comes from the gospel back out to other people. We're going to be doing that by offering that pardon and peace to all. We don't withhold that from anyone. That means that we don't withhold it from drug dealers. We don't withhold it from prostitutes. We don't withhold it from people that are so out in the world. We don't withhold it from our brethren that are spiritually sick and that are withering away or that have gone completely from the Lord. We, we don't withhold that from anyone. We offer the pardon and the peace of the gospel to all, just as Jesus did. Speaking of Jesus, it's very important. Jesus here is noted as being the only Savior because Jesus did offer pardon and peace to all, but when he offered that peace and pardon... He did that through himself. He said, I am the way, as we just sung. And so while it is offered to everyone, there's a very exclusive pathway that can be taken. And that's through Jesus. Sanctify means to treat as holy. And that's what we're to do. And if we do sanctify Jesus in our hearts and in our minds, then he, he basically gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit being salvation. So now we're going to head to stanza two. Um, I saved this verse for last because I think it's the most impactful and I think it's the most important for us to consider in this hymn. Stanza 2 begins like this. Christ the Blessed One gives to all. Again, we just kind of talked about that, um, that. That Christ is the one who extends these words. And that meaning, as we know, basics, Christ is God. And so that these words are coming from the divine mind of Christ. They're coming from, from the mind of God. And so that should perk us up and attune our minds to these things so that we can apply them to our lives more and more. They're wonderful. So then Christ is the one that extended them. He being perfect, extended them to who? Extended them to sinners. That's all of us. And so that, again, should cause us to perk up. That someone who is in need of nothing gave up everything for us. And he did that freely. Without any sort of compulsion, we we couldn't offer Jesus anything to try to coerce him into doing what he did. He did it out of love, just as the Father has done to all these good things to us. And the Holy Spirit has rendered the word to us and done all the things that he did. All those things that, that the Godhead does for us is to for the purpose of getting us to heaven and the, and working together in unison to do that and building us up so that we can we can be swayed to do those things. And... So the final line here is about God's grace. This whole stanza kind of in summation is about God's grace. Because in the first line we have Christ the blessed one. He's perfect. He's without any sin at all. But he gave and extended his love to everyone. Who is everyone? The sinners that are to list to the call. Okay. And so then what we're given is the charge to obtain that. And to be wooed to heaven and to allow that to occur. So... The, the, again, as I said earlier, Jesus 
everything that he taught and all the words that he taught were meant to be applied. And Jesus gave several very, very important words. And those were the words that held salvation within them, the wonderful words of life. All of his teachings point to woo us to heaven. And some of the things that he said, and, and you look at the refrain of this song, actually, while we're at it, where it just echoes again, beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life, of just how amazing that these are. And these can't be taken on soft hearts and on rocky soil. We have to open ourselves up to them. But you have to, it's, it's very simple things. It's things you've heard over and over again. Just like in stanza one, you might have heard it over and over again. But have you really listened to it? The things that Jesus have said. These are some of the words of Jesus. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his, only, his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus also said, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. Jesus said that you must repent or perish, Luke chapter 13 and verse 3. And then finally in Mark 16 and verse 16, Jesus said, He that believes and is baptized will be saved. Now if you haven't you haven't done these things that Jesus has said here, well then, I wonder if you've really been listening to the wonderful words of life. And I pray that, that what you'll do is, as we're about to sing this invitation song, I'll be standing right over there to receive you if you'll just come forward when we do that, that you'll receive those wonderful words of life and you'll allow them to take root deep within your heart. And that if it not be tonight, that, this, that the, the next few nights of VBS, that you'll attend those. And those parables will continue to stir your heart to action. And that... that as soon as possible that you'll be saved. Because again, this is the proverbial wreckage, the fire and the flames around us that is threatening to consume us. But unlike what happened with, with Mr. Bliss here, there is a voice calling us, showing us the way out of the wreckage and out of the ruin. If you'll heed to that voice now, come forward and do that as we stand and as we sing.